I mean, honestly, I teared up a little bit as she was reading our, our story. As you know, I got these two boys, and they are about as polar opposite as personality types go. Anybody else have a brother or sister that's just totally different from you? Totally different from you? Well, my youngest, uh, he's one of those creative types, sanguine personality, Enneagram 7, flaming extrovert, paint your body blue and white, take off your shirt at a UK game kind of guy. Any of you have that personality type? That's him. That kid is super outgoing. He's really fun to be around. He's a, I mean, kid's a party waiting to assemble. He's hip, he's cool, he's handsome, he's a real trendy dresser. I'm telling you what, my, my youngest boy, he has more talent in his little finger than most people have in their whole body. I mean, he's incredible. However, he doesn't always reach his full potential. You know people like that? Where you just want to say to him, dude, if you would just apply yourself, you could accomplish incredible things. I mean, he really is an amazing kid with so much potential, but... Like every personality type, there's a flip side. There's a darker side. Any of you that are that personality type, you know there's a, there's a flip side to your charming, fun-loving, spontaneous ways. My youngest boy is, um, how you say, undisciplined, super unorganized, really messy, procrastinates all the time, always pulling an all-nighter trying to write that paper that's due the next day. He does it all the time. And... He really likes the spotlight. I mean, honestly, sometimes he can be a real show-off, uh, even a little self-centered. Well, to be honest, a lot self-centered. And you could see those tendencies when he was just a little kid. It was always, look at me, look at me, look. He's always putting on, like, plays and skits, and he had to be the lead character every time. He would make his brother be, like, the cow, which was fine with him because he didn't want a speaking part anyway. But my youngest was always colorful and funny and loud and always the center of attention. Plus, he was always a bit unpredictable, very impulsive. He became one of those live-in-the-moment, free spirits types, you know, without any thought for the long-term consequences. And you know what? It's been, been my experience is sometimes those types of people have a, have a hard time battling their desires. Their desires seem so strong to them that they easily get seduced by instant gratification, and they sometimes become, like, addicted to lots of stuff. And i got to be honest, as a dad, it just kills me to watch that. See, my youngest, he has a tendency to think with his uh, feelings instead of his head. Let's his impulses and appetites lead him around, doesn't always think things through. He's made all kinds of questionable decisions. Honestly, he's made some really, 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 really bad decisions. But still, you can't, can't help but love the kid. I mean, that smile, that charisma, that charm. There's an authenticity about my youngest kid that people frankly find attractive. I find that attractive because even when, he, when he's bad, at least he's authentically bad. Now, as you know, I got this other kid too. Um, the older boy, is uh, he's an awesome kid and I love him with all my heart too. But again, they are polar opposites. My older boy is more of a thinker, more analytical. Anybody else got that personality type? He, he's a bit introverted as well. 
uh, doesn't mind working on a project all by himself. In fact, he actually prefers it, likes to tackle a challenge. He's a problem solver kind of kid, never got in trouble growing up. I mean, like a really, really good kid. Now, he never was much of a risk taker growing up. I mean, he always hated like going off the high dive. You could not get him to ride a roller coaster to save his life. When, when, when we were on the, on the beach, his, his younger brother was out surfing with his buddies. He's on the beach making elaborate sound castles all by himself. He's always organizing things. He's super smart. And you know what? That's a great way to be. And, and, I, and I love who he is. He, he is so reliable and trustworthy. He's predictable. He went to school to pursue an engineering degree switched to agriculture so he could come back and help me run the family farm. Any of you grow up on a farm? Anybody? Then you know what a hard worker this kid is. He tries to do the right thing. I mean, he is such, such a good boy. I mean, a really good boy. Sometimes a little too good, if you know what I mean. You see, my older son, he... He can get so full of his own rightness that he thinks everybody else is wrong. And oh, he, he can be a little more than opinionated. He, he's told me a bunch of times how I ought to run the business, that I'm way too soft, that I extend way too much grace to people. He thinks that he ought to be in charge. He does not understand the kind of leadership that puts people over profits. He's always obsessed with like org charts and performance reviews. He's always analyzing the hard data. He, he would rather ax an employee than help him get better. And honestly, through the years as I've watched him, he's turned into quite the rule keeper. And he has a really hard time extending a second chance to anybody. And just like my youngest, he's, he's got a ton of potential. If I could just get him like to loosen up. If I could just get him to embrace the fact that I'm his dad. I'm his dad, not his boss. If he would just try to watch how I run my life and my business and just let, let me coach him a little bit, he would be able to enjoy life and other people so much more. I'm not sure he really knows how much I love him. I just long for him to slow down long enough to realize that. Now, I would be less than honest if I didn't tell you how much it literally broke my heart when my youngest said he was leaving. No plans, no itinerary, that's just him. Just leaving. Wanted to see the world, want to experience life, was feeling kind of, I don't know, fenced in, if you will. And I tried to tell him, tried to reason with him, I tried to tell him that the best life, the best that life had to offer him was right here at home with me, but when he gets something in his head, even if it makes no sense, because that's just what he was feeling in the moment. Said he was going to throw himself to the wind and just see where the wind would blow him. All he needed was some cash, and I knew what he meant. I, I got to tell you guys, it's, it's hard on a parent when your kids only see you as an ATM machine. I thought he might want like a couple hundred bucks. He asked for his inheritance early which was pretty much telling me, would you hurry up and die, old man? And gang, that was tough. It was tough to hear that. I got to be honest, all I could do to choke back the tears. But I, but I gave him the money and I let him go. 
One of the hardest days of my life was to watch that kid walk through the gate knowing how badly he was going to screw up his life. Just about killed me. Now, you guys will know someday as your, as your kids are growing up, you, you need to set loving boundaries. You need to protect them from things that are going to hurt them. But sometimes as a parent, when they get old enough to leave home, they get old enough to go to places like UK, the most loving thing you can do is just let them go. We, we've all been hardwired with this thing called free choice because love demands the freedom to choose. And that's just what he chose. And I knew he was going to get hurt. I mean, I knew it. I knew he would experience things that he shouldn't experience. I knew he would probably walk into some really, really dark places. And I knew that with his charm and his personality, he could hook up with people that would only leave him abused and empty. I knew that he would be manipulated, used, chewed up, and spit out. I, and I knew, I knew the money, even though it was a lot of money, it wasn't going to last because no amount of money can buy true happiness. And I tried to talk him out of it. He was raised in a loving environment. He knows right from wrong, but I had to let him go. That was his choice. And, man, it's hard to watch your kids make terrible choices. You know, I'm guessing some of you have made some terrible choices too, haven't you? Probably even making a few right now. And I just want to encourage you to come out of the dark and choose to walk in the light. Because if my boy was here tonight, if my boy was here, he would tell you the exact same thing. Because there's nothing, absolutely nothing for you there. I know it seems exciting and lots of people are doing it, but it will leave you wounded and empty and feeling guilty and full of shame. And guilt is one thing, but shame is a whole other level. You start feeling like a worthless nobody. And that is so far from the truth. And I know some people who have read our story about my youngest son, and they say stuff like, see, see, read this story. You have to hit rock bottom before you look up. Let me just lovingly say to you all, no, you don't. No, you don't. You can choose to live in the light right now before you crash and burn, before you hurt a whole lot of people, including yourself. Because the last thing I want to see is for any of you to have to hit rock bottom, realize the direction you're walking, and turn around and start to come home now before the damage is too great. And just like my youngest, you'll find the love of the Father. That kid smelled so bad. But he smells so good. I'm talking about the day he came home. Man, he was filthy. I mean filthy. Hadn't showered or shaved in, in weeks. Had breath that could knock you over. But I didn't care. Man, I hugged him and kissed him like over and over and over. Because I saw him coming up the road. I've been standing by the gate looking for him every day. And when I saw him, guess what I did? I ran. Old man running. Old man running is not pretty. But I ran. I ran a 4.540 in college, so I still got it a little bit. I sprinted to find my kid. And when I saw how broken and contrite he was, I mean really broken, not faking it, really broken, I lost it. Man, I cried like a baby, and so did he, and we just stood there by the gate just blubbering all over each other. I cannot tell you how great it was to have my boy home. And how great it was for him to want to be home. Man, I love that kid. And I missed him so much. Now, he thought he was probably kicked out of the family, not, but not even close. 
He's my kid. All was forgiven, and man, we partied that night. We pulled out all the stops. We had so much fun. I, I could show you all the pictures on my phone. It was so much fun. I will never, ever forget that night. But I got to tell you, it broke my heart when my other son, you know, the good boy I was talking about, he wouldn't come. He was so ticked. It's like he was just filled with, I don't even know the word to use, disdain, maybe. Wouldn't even call him his brother. He referred to him as the son of yours. And he could not believe he had the nerve to show his face around here again. And the thing is, he was mad at me. He was mad at me. He was upset about the way I expressed my joy at his return. He was jealous. Can you believe it? He wasn't happy at all to see his little brother home. You could just see the disgust in his eyes. It was almost like hate. It was almost like he wished his brother would have died while he was gone. You see, he sees his little brother as an embarrassment to our family. He wouldn't even speak to him. I still won't. Not a handshake, not a hello, not a hug, nothing. Broke my heart. Still does. See, my older kid has gotten to the place where it was like I owed him or something. He, he was never captured by the fact that I love him unconditionally too. And he started living with a sense of entitlement, forgot about all that he'd already received, all that I'd already done for him all of his life, lost his heart of gratitude. It was like, well, he actually said, what about me? What about me? You never threw a party for me? I cannot tell you how many parties I threw for those boys growing up. Chuck E. Cheese, Disney World, King's Island, birthdays, spring break, graduation parties, senior trips, family vacation, not to mention all the sacrifices I've made for each one of them. But in this moment, he forgot all that. He was jealous that I was gracious toward his brother. Couldn't believe that we would throw a party in honor of this loser. And it kills me. It kills me. Because when your heart gets to the point where you can't hear the music, or even worse, you can hear the music, but you can't stand it, and you cover your ears, and you can't bear to watch the dancing, the sheer celebration of grace, that's when your heart is in a very desperate desperate place and that's where my oldest boy is and I love him too I just wish he could see that I wish that he could embrace grace I wish that he could understand the heartbeat of heaven I wish that he could see that we had to celebrate because that's just what you do when lost things get found and I wish my boy could see that there's nothing that could ever separate him from my love. Not death, nor death or life or angels or demons or his fears for today or his worries about tomorrow. Nothing can separate my love from him. You see, I guess what I really want, I want both my boys to grasp how wide, how long, how high, how deep my love is for them. You know, I, I guess the story that we that you guys have been reading the last three weeks, I guess you could say our story is a story about fences. One boy hated them, <laughs> hated them. The other one built them high. And me, I just stood by the gate hoping both of them would come home.
And I don't know which one of my boys you might be like or where you find yourself in our story, but I want to say to you, wherever you are, you need to come home and live and breathe and move in the unfailing love of the Father. So, okay, I'm, I'm really not the dad in the story. My name is Mike, and I cannot pretend to completely know all the inner workings of the heart of God. But Jesus told us this story for us to get a glimpse into the heart of the Father. And how you read this story depends upon your vantage point. Man, he loves you. He loves you so much. It was not until I was a freshman in college that I realized this truth that God loved me. Up until that point, I thought God was mad at me. I thought he was disappointed in me, thought he was disgusted in me, that I'd done way too much, that I'd thought way too much, that I'd gone way too far. This story revolutionized my life because I got to see the heart of the Father toward me because I was a prodigal and I was an older brother thinking I was better than everybody else. And Jesus told us this story to show us that we all need to come home and live in the love of the Father. I love what it says in John chapter 1, verse 12. But to all who believed him, to all who accepted him, he gave them the right to become the children of God. John writes again in 1 John chapter 3, he says, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God, and that is what we are. Gang, we can have a real relationship with God. We can know him as a father, as an Abba, as a daddy. We are his kids. If we embrace his grace, accept what he's done for us on a cross, but it's your free choice. But upon that invitation, you accept that invitation, God will not only forgive your sin, he'll move into your life and help you walk a new direction every day. All you got to do is turn toward the father and come home. There's an old song it's been stuck in my heart for many, many years. One of, I think it's one of the best songs ever written. Some of you guys probably heard the song. Most of you probably haven't. It's this old song called Desperado. I love how it ends. It says, Desperado, why don't you come to your senses? Come on down from your fences. Throw open the gate. It may be raining, but there's a father above you. You got to let somebody love you before it's too late. So how do you do that? It starts with talking to God, saying, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm sorry for the way that it's hurt you, hurt other people, hurt my own life. And Jesus, I want to thank you for what you've done on the cross for me. I accept what you did for me there. I invite you to be the forgiver of my sin and the leader of my life. From this moment on, I'm coming home. Why don't you just bow your heads for a moment and let's, let's pray. You know, maybe in this moment, as what a great way to start your semester. To say, you know what, I, I, I'm experiencing a whole lot of new things and new friends, new classes, new stuff going on at CSF. But the thing I want to be new is my heart. And maybe right now you can just get honest with God and say, God, I, nobody knows it because I do a pretty good job of faking it. But I've run pretty far from you. And I'm ready right now to turn around and come home. 
before I make a mess of my entire life. And maybe some of you became a little bit like me and that you got that older kid thing going on. You go, yeah, yeah, but that's not fair. That's, God, I'm so glad you're not fair. If you gave us what is fair, no, wow. Thank you for your grace. And God, I, I pray that all of us would have a heart full of grace toward other people, a heart full of grace toward uh, gratitude toward the grace you've showed us. And so, Father, I pray that if anyone today, this night, for any reason, needs to turn and come home, I pray that would happen right now. And I pray all this in Jesus' name.